under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Not sure where we're going to go this evening, but let's introduce the cast of characters we have here. On my left, we have Mr. Seth Spotlow. How you doing today, sir? Go ahead, do it. You want me? We all do it. Oh, you actually want me I don't to call want you? You're gonna do it. You're oh, gonna you, do it oh, anyway. No, so no just but go you're ahead. just. Oh, I wasn't going to, but oh, now that you, you weren't gonna do it. No, I wasn't. You were not prepared but for that because you react this oh. way, Mister oh. Seth Spotlow. It was a Nazi. It was a Nazi man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Native American Nazi. <laughs> to my right, we have Frisco. Frisco Riverstone. Yes, yes, and then across the desk for me. Mr. Grown and Sexy himself, Eddie Bader. How you doing, Sexy Joey? I'm all right, I'm all right. Your hair's looking nice today. Oh, well, thank you. It's a little greasy, but yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate good. that. Yeah. split ends, looking good. Yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, where to begin, gentlemen? Where to begin? I mean, I mentioned earlier today that French's has out a new mustard ice cream. Yeah. Mm. Y'all like yellow mustard? I do love some mustard, but I don't think I'm going to like it in my ice cream. On my corn dog, one bad. Yeah. Would you put yellow mustard ice cream on your corn dog? Depends on the depends on what the ice cream tastes like. Yeah, and honestly, I've dipped my Wendy's fries into the uh, Wendy's shake there. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty dangerous. Different, different level. That's yeah. chocolate, man. What say you, Frisco? I've told you off air that the older I've gotten, the more I like mayonnaise. <laughs> like, it's just so weird for like, someone to like my dad. My there. dad used to make these just like just way too much Miracle Whip on like you know some some ham and like a. That's great. No, but, no, but don't get me wrong. Miracle when I was a kid, it was gross. It was like mayonnaise, uh, you know, and and more and more. And I think it's because I found Dukes. I'm just like in love. Like you're becoming more and more of a honky as yeah. you're older. <laughs> Hey, hey, exactly. you're redneck now. No, no, no. In Europe, they dip their french fries in mayo. Yeah, that's so good. I like good. to think yes. that my palate is becoming more sophisticated as I get no, older. No, Miracle uh, Whip is great. Uh, no, no. What's it wrong with you? Because it is mayo. not mayonnaise. Right. It is salad dressing. Exactly. Yeah, so it doesn't sweet. go on a sandwich. Yes, no. it does go on a sandwich. No, no that's but, gross, Seth. But mustard ice cream, I think... Uh, there's different kinds of mustard. So for me, you said it's French's, right? French's yeah. So it's not like the uh, Dijon mustard. No, 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 no. straight up redneck. It's not like a ground brown. It's not some kind. Of, okay, because I could get that. Yeah. I could see some kind of spiciness, you know, yeah. on like a sorbet or an ice cream. But no, if it's just French's, I, I don't know. And it's like a good amount, like a quarter of a cup per per gallon. Or and apparently, it has other flavors, other notes in it. So it's not just like you're eating mustard. But you know, I really I don't want to try it. I feel like I'm going to go home and do some ghetto ice cream stuff with some French's mustard. Mm-hmm. Now. Would you put it on a ham sandwich? Must you know, you put the ice cream. Yeah, because you put mustard on a ham sandwich, right? Really eat no. ham sandwich. Oh, well, what do you put just mustard on? Is there anything? Hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. All right. Would you put? Would you replace the mustard with? If it was really no. hot outside, yeah, maybe. Yeah, See, that might, might try it. That might not anyway. Suck. Um, I'm feeling like let's just stop with the mustard and the ice cream talk. <laughs> I'm feeling like a ghost story tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I brought it up earlier. <laughs> is, it, is it the one that I think it is? Yeah. It's a ghost story about the South's most infamous... Oh, yes. ...lady of the evening. Prostitute. Prostitute. <laughs> a street-walking cheetah. Or something like that. No, really, when I, I've told the story before, but when I was in Atlanta, I was approached. Yeah. I was approached by a woman who walked up. It was like two in the morning, and my friends had just walked off. I'm a little drunk in the lobby of the Atlanta, like, what was it, the Hyatt yeah. or something like that. And she goes, Want to have some fun? I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, God. I'm like, yeah, sure. I love fun. 
And she goes, the way I said it, I think she's like, she okay, I need to make this explicit. <laughs> she goes, you do know I'm a lady of the evening. And my response was, you do know that I'm a very poor man. <laughs> <laughs> At least she didn't clutch your purse and run away. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happened to me in Vegas, too. But Same this is, thing. This is a, truly a ghost story, not really a sex story. So but This one, though, isn't, just to clarify, this isn't like Jeffrey the Ghost that we learned back in uh, elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is... This is this is Jeffrey's uh, older ghost sister. Yeah. No, this is the best. This, and, and Seth, you're a horror expert here. This is like the... <laughs> week. Yes, kind of. Back in the day, but kind of on today. I like scary. Yeah, you like scary movies. Yeah. And okay. I mean, what happens? Everybody always has to... You know, there's always a couple having sex. Always. And then they get one of them or both of them Usually get killed. Usually both of them get killed. Right. You know, I've seen all these movies. Mm -hmm. Okay. By the so, third party that's not having sex. So, like, what's the first, like, Freddy Krueger movie? The first Nightmare on Elm Street? I, I think Johnny Depp dies in it. Yeah, and, the, like, the couple who's hooking up, the young yeah. teenagers. The water and the bed. guy's kind of an a-hole. He's like the, you know, a woman. Come on, lay down. Uh, and then, <laughs> like, there's just blood everywhere. Okay. It goes up. When they when when he dies, the mm, yeah, it's nuts. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So like, anytime there's sort of like infidelity or adultery or whatever, I like the themes in horror. The idea is if you transgress, if you sin in some way, you're you going die. down. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is the South's most infamous prostitute, of course. And I'm going to skip over a little bit of what I'm reading. The Deep South is a rich and colorful history. Yeah. No. No crap. <laughs> Uh, as well as a dark and tortured one. Uh, people born and raised in Dixie, as the South is often called. Oh, really? We're called Dixie? No, okay. Everybody's chocolate lab. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a haunted place, apparently, this uh, good old Dixie. Uh, some of these souls are benevolent and do no harm. Others, well, they do much more harm than scare people. One such ghost comes to mind. The most infamous prostitute of the south of Dixie, a woman who went by the name of Molly Hatchet. Men that crossed paths with her were known to lose their heads in they the were process. With disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Been holding on to it. Long yeah, man. I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of the, the, the title. The legend of Molly Hatchet dates back to the Civil War. In 1864, a Confederate soldier went missing from his unit outside his military unit outside of Cold Harbor, Virginia. He was later found in a local boarding house. His body on the bed and his head on the floor. Wait, wait, is this like a Lorena Bobbitt, his head, or the head on his... his in, no, oh, on oh, the okay, shoulders. Okay, got yeah, you. Like, got you. Head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just had to clarify. Yeah, so. No, it could have been like yeah. that. <laughs> Rose, if you're listening, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think I've heard a comedian make this point. The fact that we all laugh at that Bobbitt situation, <laughs> it's like, how bad do guys have it? Art jokes like, are always that funny. Is, that is not funny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It is, it is funny, Mr. Yang. Keeps you from crying. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Seth reminded me before I keep going with the ghost story. You know, Andrew Yang. Yeah. I'm watching him on Fox News Sunday last Sunday. I'm watching the interview with Chris Wallace, and all of a sudden, at one point, Chris Wallace goes, "Now, Mr. Wang, you're saying that," <laughs> and Yang has no doesn't try to correct him. He just blinks. He's like, "Yeah, people call me Wang all the time." <laughs> anyway, this guy at a boarding house in Virginia. His body on the bed, his head on the floor. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes. Witnesses said they had seen him in the company of a beautiful young woman just hours before his headless body was found. Fast forward a few years. In 1879, in the small harbor town of Beaufort, South Buford. Carolina. Beaufort. 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 Beaufort, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Sailors from the ships that visited the port were told stories about a mysterious woman outside of the town whose business was to deal in the pleasures 
of the flesh. Ooh, I that's love a it. nice way to word it. I love, I love all the you, she she knows how to summon the beast with two backs. <laughs> 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 they were all warned by their captains to stay away from her. Many of them did, but on one fateful night, a sailor from a visiting steamship, lonely from months at sea and in dire need of a woman, decided to play pay Molly a visit. The next morning, his headless body was found lying in an alley behind the local saloon. His head, well, it was never found. Jeez. I know. Three years after the 1879 beheading, Molly was seen again setting up shop near Boone, a small town nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. All she was trying to do was get ahead in life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mountain men at the time were known to be lonely, and Molly cashed in on this loneliness by collecting their heads. Five headless bodies were found before Molly disappeared from town in 1881. Many Southerners that lived during the time of Molly Hatchet believed that she was a ghost, a demon of sorts, sent to punish the men of the South for their participation in the Civil War. That's what I thought. Uh, I knew it. She was a Yankee. Yeah. She's yeah. some Yank. She was a Yankee. Mm-hmm. I was born up there. Sorry. <laughs> that explains it, though. Yep. Um, that explains it. Can't wash it off of you. <laughs> <laughs> Brillo pad. <laughs> Others felt that she was sent to punish men in general for the wickedness that existed in society during the Reconstruction years. No one knows for sure, but no woman ever lost her head at the hands of Molly Hatchet. Only men bore the brunt of her rage. It was said that Molly Hatchet possessed such striking beauty, as well as a body no man could resist. Well, some men can resist. Uh, That she had no trouble luring men into her parlor, despite the rumors that circulated about her. And no one knows if Molly Hatchet actually let her clients enjoy her body before beheading them. The only people that know the answer to that question are her victims. And like the pirates used to say, dead men tell no tales. Legend has it that the ghost of Molly Hatchet can be summoned. Even today. Do you look in a mirror and say something? Hatchet can be summoned. Well, her ghost is said to fancy dark and lonely stretches of railroad tracks throughout the South. If a man is so inclined, he need only walk the tracks in the dead of night and call out her name. He won't be the first man to lose his head over a woman. Okay, whoever wrote that, that's a terrible last line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my question is, do you think back in those days there were a lot of people like that, a lot of serial killers that killed people on a regular basis that nobody knew anything about? Yeah. I've wondered about about that before. No no cameras, no forensic evidence. Right. How easy it was to kill somebody and just leave town. Like Ed Gain. I got thinking about this, dude, the the Jeffrey Epstein story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And did you see some of the latest breaking stuff the New York Times reported where he was wanting to essentially like make his mark, his stamp on humanity's DNA itself. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah it it's weird. It's kind of this idea wow. that if you have, it's like Genghis Khan. Um, like if you have enough kids, oh yeah, you will be. Well, they, everybody. they were saying his Arizona ranch was like designed as some sort of like baby making temple. Right, right. And at one point, he had up to thirty women impregnated. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's just what I read. I don't know. Yeah, Jeffrey, this is from the New York Times. Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed human race with his DNA. He had an unusual dream. He hoped to see the human race with his DNA by impregnating women at his vast New Mexico ranch. Again, this is New York so Times. Weird. Wow. Mr. Epstein over the years confided uh, to scientists and others about his scheme, according to four people familiar with his thinking, although there's no evidence that it ever came to fruition. Wow. He's like the opposite of every single man I know. Every single man I know, the last thing they're trying to do is impregnate women. This guy built a whole town or a whole Oh, it's a mess. I'm looking at a photo of it right Impregnate now. women. Well, I know a couple guys who did do that, and they've got so much child support being taken out <laughs> yeah. of their checks. <laughs> right. <laughs> they took Fight Club a little too literally. Yeah, yeah, Tyler yeah, Durden yeah. is not a role model, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Stop setting they, up franchises. They didn't think theirs through is right. the difference. Right. <laughs> 
Goodness. Yeah, it's stuff like that where, okay, this guy got away with it for so long in this day and age where people are watched a lot. I mean, it's very easy to pick up on things, even if you are rich and powerful. Still not clear what... uh, Epstein actually did because he was able to rope in all sort people we know the names like Stephen Pinker, it's Lawrence Krauss, man like from Nigeria. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's what Epstein did. Everybody yeah, knows that. He's exactly. just a businessman from Zaire. Well, I really do think he's uh, in some way connected to intelligence, no doubt. so to speak. Not oh, a doubt, yeah. in, doubt in my mind. Well, you know, his, the plane that he was flying to Epstein Island was registered as some sort of like CIA or... Yeah, right. the Lolita jet. Right. Yeah. And then uh, in New York, what in New York where he was uh, leasing out... Dang it. It was at least out the apartment that uh, one of the Iranian top-notch people had been using. And somehow the government got him in there, but he never held a meeting in there because he knew it was wired. He had all his meetings held elsewhere. Okay, and I'm, this is another paragraph from the story. On multiple occasions, starting in the early 2000s, Mr. Epstein told scientists and businessmen about his ambitions to use his New Mexico ranch as a base where women would be inseminated... <coughs> with his sperm and would give birth to his babies. This is according to two award-winning scientists and advisor at large companies and wealthy individuals, all of whom Epstein told about it. It was not a secret. The advisor, for example, said he was told about the plans not only by Epstein at a gathering in his Manhattan townhouse, but also by at least one prominent member of the business community. One of the scientists said Mr. Epstein divulged the idea in 2001 at a dinner. Like, he's just... Well, this is my big plan. But you got to think about it. I mean, these people that he's telling, who are they? They're scientists. What is a scientist's main, main goal? Well, the main goal is to get funding to fund your research, right? right. So you've got this mega million rich guy. You're you're talking to him. You're hanging out with him. You're trying to get probably some money from him. And he's telling you some really weird, weird stuff. Do you run and go tattle on him? Or do you you get your money for your research? Well, there's in the story here, one guy turned him down. He's like, "You're you're a weird effer, man. No, <laughs> and I bet the women were getting compensated. Well, of course. Or it's like, hey, you want you want like a hundred grand? Yeah. You well, want my baby? And he, if he had an, aff- uh, an affiliation or a fiction for younger women, they would be easier to buy off and brainwash. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and apparently this whole idea... I love this little sentence from the New York Times. What is it? The idea struck all three of these people he told as far-fetched and disturbing. There's no indication that it would have been against the law. Well, of course not. And honestly, I don't want... Other than, like, violent acts, like rape, sexual assault, incest, these sorts of things. No, I do not want the government stepping in and going, Absolutely. Nah, here's how, are you doing sex the right uh, way? Joey. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't want to no. know. You're doing too much of the sex. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to start taxing you. Like, my God, man. I think, he did, yeah, I think he did a lot of weird stuff, and it's proven that he did some weird stuff with kids. So, obviously, yeah. You know, that, and uh, obviously he's on trial now. There it, well, you go. But it he's seemed to die. be so open. That's why I think he's definitely got some uh, deep state stuff going on because what he did, he didn't hide from anybody. Well, he's, his connections, too, going back to that, you know, he got the pulp beat out of him in prison. And right. I guarantee you he didn't try hanging himself. Somebody like oh, that yeah. is so, is so what's the word, you're in, so into yourself, narcissistic, narcissistic, narcissistic yeah, yeah. Right. that he wouldn't try to kill that's himself. Cool. I don't think that so. was He's smart enough to get out of there. When we talked about this when it first happened, I told you when he probably wouldn't make it out of jail. Because you know how, oh, I mean, they yeah. don't. Clinton suicide, baby. The Clinton suicide. No, no, that's jail suicide. If you do something like that to a little kid, they don't take that very well. Anymore. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he's been in will. solitary yeah, confinement. Right. The guy they let him in was an ex-cop. Uh, and I guarantee uh, he, didn't, he didn't get paid. Yeah, but how difficult is job. it to, like, uh, turn the cameras off, let me well, in Well, you there. know that's exactly mm-hmm. what exactly. happened. Yeah, exactly. But what brought this all up, the Epstein thing, in my mind, was what you mentioned. It got me thinking about, okay, we now have all sorts of communication people are watching telling these stories we're able to hear these stories here in humble little montgomery alabama can you imagine the 1870s and the weird things people were probably up to and just got away with nobody ever knew scot free Unless they physically wrote it, sat down with candlelight in an ink pen and yeah. wrote it down, it right. was just probably passed on, you know, uh, you know, word of mouth. So, and then that gets misconstrued. It's like Ed Gain back in like the 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever. He's in the middle of Midwest 
United States and they go and they check out his barn and he's got because one lady went missing and then they go and they look in his stuff and he's got like a lamp made out of people. Yeah. And like, <laughs> a, a belt right. made out of nipples. That's oh, <laughs> just it's just one of those at a flea market. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> was, was it like, hairy? Well, it was it ended up being pig nipples, but yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You're not kidding? He's no. not kidding. Wow. That's no, it was nuts. Uh, like, what kind of leather is this to kind of <laughs> pig nipples? Are you wearing it? <laughs> no. He, uh, uh, he had, you didn't buy it? Why didn't you buy it? Come on, leather face. I couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get him to come down enough. Uh, yeah, how, much did you, how much could you possibly want for a belt made out of nipples? Pig More nipples. Than well, well, certain, no, 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 no. If you're looking for high quality mm. heritage hog. Tates on your waist, you're gonna have to put up at least two hundred. Well, what's, cre- what's creepy about that is pig skin. Pig is actually the closest to human skin. Thank you. When you butcher a pig, yeah. Uh, in fact, in medical medical school, they use pigs often yep. because it's the exact same. So that's why that's really freaking creepy. But he had really good pork <laughs> rinds. He had really fresh pork rinds that he cooked right there. You ever seen um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, Massacre yeah. Part Two? I don't know if I saw the second one. I don't know if I've seen part two. They had chili in that one. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I know we started the ghost story that okay. moved to, you know, a, essentially a Sorry. child rapist Epstein, but uh, let's see who's on the phone now. <laughs> <laughs> News talk here on there is this. Sorry. Hey, Joey. Guys, it's Josh. Hey, Josh. How you doing, man? Oh, live and kicking, faring pretty well. Sounds like y'all are having a good day. Yeah, yeah. this has been better now. Okay, well, now I'm going to... Seth, I'm really disappointed in you. What? what? The real story of... Finally! The story of Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet is a Southern rock band based out of Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> not for their top chart hit, Flirting with Disaster. Flirting with Disaster. Your story was way off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. I, I thought it would be kind of funny. That's good stuff. No, yep. Y'all got to talking about that. I was actually going to call about something serious, you know, and you yeah. brought me a sense of levity, so I don't really want to do it anymore. No, 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 no bring up a serious thing. I want to hear it. Okay. Well, uh, it happened in my workplace today. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, Jamaican workers that work with us, and um, Rastafarians, and mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Rastafarians, uh, and I was, you know, splitting some lobsters for dinner tonight, and they were listening to a podcast of, I, I don't remember his name, um, Big Ross Byron. and it started out talking about white men and slavery and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I told my boss because they had it playing over Bluetooth. I was like, um, my roommate. I was like, hey, you know, this kind of um, this kind of offensive. You know, I've never said that word ever before, but this kind of weird. He goes, yeah, they're like anti-white people, anti-you know Christians and everything, and it started mm-hmm. getting more and more about uh, they're talking about burning white Christian males, setting a fire, and all that, and. Um, they're just allowing it to play at the workplace. I didn't find that very, you know, it just kind of got to me. And I don't, I don't know if I was being a little dramatic about it, but, no. you know, if and I was playing some. As a white person, as a white male, you're generally not allowed to be offended. I, I always say, <laughs> I always say flip it around. What if you were playing something? Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, exactly. Can't. That's what I was going to say. If I was playing some hillbilly, southern, <laughs> you know, backwoods preacher talking about gosh knows what. I would be, you know, fired on the spot. Yeah, but uh, I really cool. kind of took offense to that. I didn't really understand it. And I always I, thought I, the the Rasta culture was more about like, you know, marijuana and feel good and mm-hmm. and, and self medicating and. Uh, but I'm sure that it's been radicalized in some sort of sure. way, like like anything, like everything's been yeah. radicalized. Yeah. We we had a guy. Uh, yeah. One of the trips we were in Jamaica, he wrote Rastafarian, and he had the. Like a whole dress, but it was like one big T-shirt with the loud uh, tie-dye color. Yeah. So we got to ask him, you know, what, what's the deal? And his, his theory is, and I have no idea what the religion is, but that's what he told us was the reason they have the dreadlocks and the long hair and the loud clothes is because God is going to reach down from the sky and pick you up. And if he's going to pick you up by your hair. And if your hair is not tough, like the hair we have in this room, you're going to, you know, fall away. That's why they do the dreadlocks. It makes for such tough hair. And the loud clothes, he said, was so God can see you and pick you out amongst the masses. Well, based now, off the hair, Joey's the only one getting into right. that. <laughs> 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 so yeah. When Joey goes to Jamaica... Pain. You know you love my luxurious Joey, well, if you I'm could just, jealous of that. You could just reach your hand down and let me hold on to you. Right. <laughs> Grab his leg on the way up. Joey! Yeah. <laughs> what do you think you've been working on these deadlifts, brother, brother? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Josh? Uh, I was saying uh, one of the things I was the only white 
male Christian in the back, you know, working with like oh, three or four Rastafarians. Yeah. And, I, and they started telling me, I started listening to it. I was like, dude, they are talking about lighting white Christian males on fire. If the, that was flipped around, it'd be, you know, a big no-no. Did you ask so them I, about I that? Kinda, Did you ask the guys yeah, that you listened to? Uh, no, no, no. I wouldn't, you know, I, I've always been good with them. I noticed there's a couple of the older um, Jamaicans that are like real standoffish. You know, I try to be nice with everybody, you know. Right, right. I respect everybody. You give me respect, we, we work out fun. But uh, no, I just, it was one of those things. I didn't want to bring it up. It's their religion, but I didn't think they should be doing that in the workplace. You, know, you should you ask, man. I know it'd be weird, but I mean, if you broke down that fourth wall and was like kind of nice with one. Yeah, man. but you, you're saying this with you and your Native American privilege, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. yeah. Give me your blankets. About I'll it. take I'm your like, hair. Is there some sort of HR department or something? <laughs> right. You can kind of be like, yeah. hey, as a you know white oh, Christian male, I'm feeling a little ostracized here. Well, and I would say you do even you don't even have to take it from a place of like this offends me because you're talking about me um or at least yeah. my category uh i mean i remember working in all sorts of restaurants and especially working in a kitchen where i kind of me and my roommate at the run of the place like the donut shop we worked in we could play right. music but we were cognizant of especially one uh summer we had uh three or four guatemalans working with us yeah they were undocumented mm -hmm. they were illegal mm -hmm. aliens some of the hardest working, nice people. Oh, yeah. yep. And we were playing the Mars Volta one evening. Oh, yeah. oh. And these guys looked at us like, and that stuff's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> and we were like, no, no, it's just music. Like, we don't. They're like, no, you're, yeah, you're some of that getting stuff into is... those myths, man. Um, but yeah, I think just because it's a place of work and a, a public place, you have to be cognizant of that stuff. But we it, do, and we do, yeah. but I don't know if. Other like those those guys that you're talking about, I, I I don't know them of course, but I doubt they have got a clue of the way they're supposed to act in the workforce. They it's probably possible. just got the radio right. on and that's all they're thinking about. Well, and some of the any I mean, it's one thing if somebody's talking about you know your type, I, but any sort of ultra violent racist nonsense like that, it makes me very mm -hmm. uncomfortable to be around. Well, uh, I, yeah, I I tried to explain it to. Uh, my chef buddy, I was like, you know, there was a, a white guy in Germany that had a funny mustache that kind of had the same thing against Jewish uh, non-blonde and blue eyes, and they didn't, that didn't go very well for them. They wouldn't be broadcasting that over the airwaves at your restaurant. Right. You know, the gal, or whatever they do. But, no, nah, I just, it kind of bothered me. I got home, took me a couple deep breaths and a couple coughs and chilled down a little bit. But yeah, it'd be all right. Well, and it kind of, yeah. it, it's kind of a bummer, too, because as a, as a white guy, you're almost, you almost feel like you, you can't say anything. You can't, you can't especially these days, they throw around that R word a lot, and it's kind of like, yeah. you know, right. and, you, and it has nothing to do with the race. It has to do with the song they were singing was about what? burning people just like you. Oh, but, it, was, it wasn't. It was speech. Oh. It was the guy out of the podcast. It was All literally right, like... Hate speech. Yeah. You know. um, but anyways, guys, yeah. I just well, you better watch your cracker ass, okay? Uh -huh. I, I know it. I might be plotting. We're going to have to catch you out to sea next time. What you do is just put <laughs> yeah, on uh, put on Bob Marley's One Love and just... Exactly. Yeah, man. Exactly. Go there with a big old fatty. Yeah, but don't they, appropriate they it too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to be looking over my shoulder next time I walk through that kitchen. Be, yeah, be safe, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We're enjoying the show. All right. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir. Well, we got to hit this break. Coming up, um, I have a story. Well, it's about Florida, but not a Florida man. Florida. Ooh, she's a crackhead. No, it's not about a woman. What's kind of about Florida men? <laughs> More after the break. Clark. Welcome back. 
also a lot of Florida stories have to do with, you know, crazy crap people are doing down there. By the way, the progress in the song continues, but yeah. I'll keep adding more. Like, probably tomorrow. It's good, man. Well, I'm gonna come up with a, a vocal line. I can add more synths and all sorts of crap. Um, but a lot of Florida stories focus on stupid things people do. Well, but this story is from more of a macro level. Stupid things people have done to the state of Florida. Because you know what, I do love like when I moved to my new place, got the sound system and TV set up. I put on Blue Planet Two, amazing documentary. Like about the oceans, I love nature documentaries. I appreciate our role in conserving what we have and seeing the value and the diversity of the biodiversity of this planet. And what do you watch? Animal Kingdom. What do you watch it through? I have a 4K TV. No, like Netflix, <laughs> like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it's a BBC documentary. With yeah, David those, those ocean ones are my go-to. Like, yeah. I can't. I, I want to fall asleep, but I really yeah. kind of still want to keep my mind running. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anybody else have this problem? Water. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's real. fascinating. It's like undiscovered and territory. The one I watched was on the deep sea, yeah. the ocean floor, and it was there's like 20 minutes of it is a sperm whale, <laughs> a caucus is falling to the ocean oh, floor. Yeah. And it's like, then these 14-foot sharks start, start feeding, feeding on the, on the circle carcass. of life. The yeah. whole... Yeah. That is and it's like And it's like 14 of these, like, yeah, no, seven or eight of these 14-foot sharks, like, hitting each other, biting each other, then yeah. biting the carcass. Then once they get their fill, you start seeing these crazy-ass-looking crabs, yeah. like, you know, hobbling they up. They communicate by clicking their eyelids. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> what? You have made me want to go watch this. I was supposed to do something, but I'm going to go and watch no, this. Uh, look at this one. Fish. Its forehead is completely transparent, so it can see through its head. <laughs> yeah, the worms with the acid on the bones. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. once the carcass is yeah completely like the meats off it, these worms on the deep sea ocean will use acid to burrow into the yep. bone and get at the marrow. <laughs> oh, that's great! Oh, it's man. nuts. Oh, it's a circle. So my point is, I I appreciate these sorts of efforts put by these. I mean, documentarians. It's incredible stuff, Your and research. I do appreciate nature. But they're at a certain point you have to decide are we on team people or team animal <laughs> all right because here's the thing there are a lot of florida stories dumb people stories but there are also a lot of gator stories like one in, sticks in my mind is this woman had earbuds in doing oh, like yeah. the the shuffle like she's listening to some like you know sheila e song yep. like, you know shuffling along and all of a sudden a gator just comes up behind her grabs her pulls her oh, into right. the water eats her that's into that all right you know gators in people's backyards yep. there are a lot of gator stories Gators tossed in a fast food restaurant or turning up at somebody's bathtub or swimming pool. Yeah, all these stories. But when alligators were on the endangered species list, nobody ever reported being bitten by one. Well, obviously, there aren't that many. They're not common enough. But once their population began to rebound, the number of reported bites began to climb. A new study looking at Florida alligator bite reports dating back to 1971 concludes that gators mostly bite adult men who are not tourists. Adult men <laughs> in this category make the mistake of getting too close or even getting into small man-made bodies of water where the prehistoric lizards like to hang out generally in the summertime. Major injuries to victims occurred in 247 bite incidents. The estimated annual number of bites resulting in major injury to the victim increased from 3.5 to 7 percent likelihood, I guess, from 71 to 2014. 22 bites are fatal. Oh, wow. But the idea is this. These gators don't just want to eat any flesh. They want to eat Florida man flesh. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank the Tampa Bay Times for that. I feel like it's probably because that's the demographic of of people that are actually going out into those areas to fish or do whatever. Right. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, little Asian schoolgirls happen to always be out in the marsh. <laughs> you know, it happens to probably be guys that are about a certain age. Right. Not tourists. That probably live around right. there. Right. That are getting, so, so yes. Mm -hmm. who, who did that? You, Tampa Times? Tampa Bay Times, yeah. 
Well, I feel like your odds of surviving are really good. What they say, 245 bites in like 24 were, right. were, were deadly. So, no, I mean... this is Add this to the category of another... I love studies where the conclusion is like, yeah... Common sense, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> I'm Aquarius. I'm not getting bit. <laughs> well, and I'll go back to my favorite study of recent vintage was that our cats are getting fatter. Yes. It, so and it's a perfect wives. example of how good life is. Not only are cats getting fatter, like our domesticated house cats, we have enough money to study how fat, in <laughs> fact, the cats are. Yeah, that's a sign. <laughs> what is the proper BMI for a cat? For a cat. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're, they're just cats. I, I mean, feel they like give those things away. The idea came from when somebody went over to somebody else's house and their cat got up and his belly didn't, and he was walking across the floor and just scraping, scraping across the ground. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody oh, have yeah. an animal that's that chubby? Oh yeah, I saw a photo of a golden retriever that lost like a hundred something pounds. Lost? Yeah. Wow. It was like before and after of a golden. Like, my God, He was depressed. Got him on a keto diet. (laughs) Yeah, man. Feed him everything and then take it all away. Now, I don't know if this story is true, but if it, I want to believe it's true. This is from India today. Um, Pro-Beijing leader posts photo of a CIA agent, and it creates chaos. So this has to do with the protests going on right now in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. and the coming crackdown by the government, the Chinese government in Beijing. And... Pretty much everybody in the West who's seen this is laughing their ass off. And it's going to be tough to relay this to the radio audience, so I'll kind of you know, flush it out this way. So, here's the thing. A tweet was shared by Ray Kwong, a pro-Beijing leader, and he posted a photo of a CIA agent and said that he is stirring up chaos in Hong Kong. No prizes for guessing that the CIA agent in question is actually a picture of Matt Damon from Jason Bourne. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're kidding me. Come on. No. (laughs) Here's the tweet. It's Matt Oh, my God. (laughs) It's Matt Damon. Oh, and it's like a 15-year-old picture of him. (laughs) I know. Was this guy serious? I I don't know. If he is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If it's a joke, I'm happy with that, too. Is that one of the countries where they control what you you watch and how much of it you can watch, and maybe they're behind 20 years? Beijing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. No, and I'm tired of uh, Hollywood sort of kowtowing to... The Chinese government. Yeah, you noticed that, have you, Joey? That mm-hmm. now we'll make our movies based on what they well, think the, is okay or not? The new Top Gun movie, I yep, think they censored right. stuff. Yep. Really? Just yeah, ridiculous. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, well, and then there's there's all the stories of you know big tech, U.S. big tech, yeah. uh, working with the Chinese communist government to censor things over there. Mm-hmm. You know they already censor uh, Facebook and right. you know their version of Google and things like that. Uh, it's kind of kind of scary. Oh, the social credit score over there is unnerving. And then oh, yeah. The, what was that? It's like you, you everybody gets a yeah, score. Gets, it's like, right. you know, your credit card, but it's but for it's your behavior old, as a person yeah. in society. I'm so they, glad we don't have that here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really would be homeless. Hey, Seth, uh, how would you be doing over there in the points department? <laughs> hey, <laughs> we have no room to complain. You know what we could be doing right now? Raking leaves. <laughs> Very yeah, I mean, we can look this up at exactly how they... Well, yeah, here's the thing. with that. They don't actually give out the formula they use for the social credit score. And like I wonder if you get to check your score like on Credit Karma Mm-mm. or you just or you just don't know like you get pulled over and he's like, "Oh, we got a uh, oh, we got a low 500s over here." Can you call the guy that don't gave you the last side score? Man, I, I was better than a two, man. Come on. I need yeah. points. Uh, let's see. Honey, oh, let's don't see. check my score. Oh, four days ago, Wired has a... I wonder if this is propaganda or not. Wired has a piece saying how the West got China's social credit system wrong. It occupies a spot next to Black Mirror and Big Brother and Popular Imagination, but China's social credit project is far more complicated than a single all-powerful numerical score. Well, I bet. Of oh, course. sure. Uh, Compassing. Okay, yeah, this looks like a long thing piece. I bet they just look up your arrest gonna- record. I'm going to have to dig into that and, and get back to you on this because this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who dings you? And and what are the 
It's like I get it, you know, uh, you get arrested for things. I mean, yeah. obviously we have records here in but the United States. What if you're States, just a jerk? But, but no, but this is actually... <laughs> I mean, you, know, you don't get arrested, you're just a jerk. But this is like a... The score isn't a isn't a based off of like an arrest record. It's like lots of different yeah, things right. that affect your score. How many children do you have? How beneficial are you to the Chinese society? You know, are you disruptive in, in protesting? Then you get certain points. I mean, it's kind of... Well, and lazy? just I kind of peruse this quickly, <laughs> this wired article and what they're saying how we got it wrong here in the west is that it's not in full force it's kind of a test trial run yeah yeah and then i mean there's it's a big throat clearing and then all of a sudden they said it's not to say that fears about social credit are entirely unfounded yeah no kidding my neighbor eddie he's a jerk he's lazy he's lazy i'm not a jerk and i go to work well we good guy uh, yeah (laughs) Kind of connected, though. I mean, we sort of do it on ourselves when we yelp our local businesses. I mean, yep. ah. yeah, but it's a business, not an individual. I mean, true, true. But those businesses are run by individuals, and it's like sometimes I'll go and you know, I'll of course like look at Yelp to just where we're going to eat, especially in a new city. Yeah, and then you right. just see, you know, you see like maybe three stars, and you're like, well, that's not very. And you and you read some of them, and it's like disgruntled former employees, or yeah. it's like <laughs> you got to you got to kind of skim through and really look for certain keywords and things. But uh, yeah, we. I think we really do have a, a immature understanding of all these new technologies we have. Well, yeah, no like we're mm-hmm. like children with nuclear weapons. I mean, maybe not that bad, but but it's something like that. But have this you deal lis- here isn't it? Doesn't Iran have something similar? But they call it like the purity police, where if there's uh, if if you're a female and you're out and with and you're out and about without a family member, you know, they can come to lock you up for that kind of thing. Uh, I forget what the, the terminology is, but there is a deal in Iran. It's pretty much the purity police. If they feel like you're breaking... Oh, yeah, absolutely. They just come snatch you it, up. It's, it's that. loosened up a little bit, but then it's kind of now since the sanctions... Essentially, the Revolutionary Guards' power waxes and wanes. They'll go a little more heavy-handed, they'll back off. More mm-hmm. heavy-handed, back off. And the worry is, with more sanctions put on more control these people will get um that's kind of the how the sanctions do backfire this yeah. maximum pressure campaign by the trump administration it's meant to get the regime the theocratic regime to sort of relent and and negotiate but the more the economy goes into the tank the more they kind of double down on their yeah they yeah. can kind of say look at the united states yeah. they sell essentially propaganda there are people wise to what's going on of course but there's also people that just you know play right into it it's like any other country and government what i'm looking for is a video from well my idol he said something in 1999 seth you saw this Oh yeah, yeah man, about I the internet. It. Have you uh, listened to the um, uh, the Rogan podcast with old uh, Maynard yet? The the man behind Tool. Yeah. No, not yet. Oh man, you should. It, it's really, really good. Yeah, here this is. Let me back this up. This is Prince in 1999 talking about the internet. Don't don't be fooled by the internet. Uh, it's it's cool. It's cool to get. It. On the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. Mm. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) There's a war going on. The battlefield's in the mind. And the prize is the soul. Mm. So... Be careful. Can you find the one with Bowie talking about it from the 80s? Uh, no, and that wasn't the 80s that Bowie was talking about it. Well, he kind of is on a point, too, of, uh, you know, these you know, Facebook isn't a company, uh, isn't a social media company. It's a data gathering company. Yes. Uh, everything, Google is data gathering. They're yeah. all data. Because you don't have to pay to sign up for it, right? Well, they make their money off the advertising. Yeah. And, um, so it's really kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, Baron Coleman said that a while back. He said, if you're ever on an app and you're not paying for that app, you are the reason the oh, app's there is they're course. collecting your data. So, well, and I assume all of this is true. I, I mean, that's deep insight in the sense that we often think the battlefields for who's controlling Congress, who's controlling the legislature, who's mm-hmm. the president, you know, who's got the power in terms of the economy, what corporation, the fossil fuel companies and big tech and all this stuff like that. 
And at the end of the day, it is your mind that's actually the battlefield that we're fighting over. Well, they've actually said that data, uh, data gathering, data mining is more valuable than fuel right now, than, than oh, oil. Yeah. Way, like, take 20 times more valuable because uh, you're controlling. You literally have the, the data that can control how yep. things are sold. And right. I, I yelled at my phone today because <laughs> I, I did. I said, you suck! Quit following me! Because I, I went to CarPlace, and I, I've never heard of CarPlace's commercial on my phone, right? And I went to CarPlace, and I fixed CarPlace's thing. Well, when I left CarPlace... Mm-hmm. My phone automatically, like, half a mile down the street said, Hey, go you to know, car place! This happened yep. to me. I watched a funny cat video. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I see an ad for a company. If you send them a picture of your cat or your dog, they will send you a portrait of your cat or dog, like, in Victorian-era dress. <laughs> I and saw, so I, I saw the picture. Yeah, and so I sent that to somebody saying, you need to do this to your cat. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these ads for this website are all over Facebook, all over my Google search. I'm like, I don't even have a cat or a dog. I was just suggesting it to somebody. If you have an iPhone and you have it updated, there you can actually go into settings and control uh, how often... It's under. Um, oh gosh, what's I've it? Got under? an iPhone right in front of me. Yeah, you go to settings and you can control ads, and it's basically um, it resets it every x x number of days or whatever. Huh. But you can you can fix that, and I don't know how much it really does. But uh, I lived out west for a while, and then I moved uh, here, and I was still getting things for uh, shows at Red Rocks and stuff like that, and. And I was like, well, I'm, yeah, I was there, but now it's, we're going on like two or three years. And when I reset that, yeah. the first thing that came up was a local car dealership. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they're like, oh. Okay, one thing that they try to get you on there is they have bright, vibrant colors. And they that makes you come back because it's bright and you want more colors. So, turn grayscale on. Oh, okay. Oh. That's it. Just turn grayscale on. It makes it a little easier. It makes it easier to get off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, of I the see. phone. Well, actually, I, I do appreciate some of what Apple's done. They were the one company that said, no, we're not giving right. up the encryption keys. Yeah. To yeah. People's phones can be locked, these sorts of things. And I think that would be a terrible idea to give the government, you know, back doors into all sorts of... I think uh, it's nice to ha- have more control, like MySpace used to be. Because MySpace, you could write the, the code for it. Oh, you yeah, could yeah. code everything. Now you can't do anything. You can't control stuff. So they right. shove it down your throat no matter what. And the only thing I want down my throat is something I shove down there. Right. Well, like food. Yeah. Tom from MySpace was so good to us all. <laughs> yeah. He still, and, he still and look what we did to him. Once in a while. <laughs> yeah, what did we to do to Tom, man? You know, yeah. we had it back then. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's in his own space. Make man. you listen to my music when you look at my page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I just share music all day. I'm like, listen so, to this crap. Seth, I found uh, the key part of the Bowie interview here. This is from, again, 1999. Oh, okay. Really? Wow. Another famous musician talking about the internet in 1999. It's almost like these artists, these musicians, have deeper insights into the human psyche and how things work. And amazing, I know. But let's listen to David Bowie here. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the Internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. It's just a tool, though, isn't it? No, it's not. No. No, it's an alien life form. What do you think, I mean, <laughs> when like you Velcro. think, then, about this? Is there life on Mars? <laughs> yes, it's just landed here. But yeah. that's, it's a simply a different delivery system there. You're arguing about something more profound. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the, the, the actual context and the state of content is going to be so different to anything that we can really envisage at the moment. Where the interplay between the user and the provider will be so in simpatico, it's going to it's going to crush our ideas of what m- mediums are all about. That was a brilliant man, right there. Yeah, good man. Manny nailed Content, you, you like that? Called that twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. no yeah. doubt, That's man. Unreal. It's funny as the the interviewer, like, man, a it's Paxman just a tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a. It's just like my mailbox, right. but I just send it electronically. Exactly. Uh, no. no, no, it really is like a. I I do. I've started to think of it more with all the data collection, but also the way it, it makes people behave. Like how terrible people behave while they're on the internet. Well, 
Like, you don't have to look somebody in the eye. You don't have to read body yeah, language. That changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't see people as people. You see them as, I don't know. Like, well, Frisco this is where you got the name Frisco Riverstone. Yeah. You were gonna, you got, I'm sure, in some pretty heated exchanges. Well, I was able to, uh, by going going by Frisco Riverstone, I was able to say things that maybe I, I didn't want to be chastised for and I didn't want to be attacked for. Right, right. Uh, and, and it kind of also, it allowed me to, it, and, and the whole reason that I did it too was I was getting into politics and I was uh, conservative and happened to be a gay guy that was conservative. And so they were, I was getting backlash from the gay community because that's you can't be gay and conservative because we put you in this little box and you're supposed to stay there. Uh, and so in order to kind of separate myself and then say whatever I wanted to, I sort of created this 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 character yeah. and uh, which was great it, it allowed me to, to say a lot of things and to, to criticize uh, oh, yeah. Ilhan Omar and then I got thrown off well and <laughs> <laughs> don't feel bad yes way to use power <laughs> no and it goes back to uh, stuff that Oscar Wilde used to talk about if you want somebody to tell the truth give them a mask yeah, yeah. man like yeah. Uh, you can get a lot of information out of people if you I don't know if it's reputation's a weird thing like that but I, I did later find out a great friend of mine she sent me this this um it was actually a um, a talk, uh, a podcast that Newt Gingrich did, and it was talking about um, Benjamin Franklin. And he used to write when he was like 16. He had an alias because he, his brother wouldn't let him publish things in his newspapers, so he wrote as yeah. as a like a, a widowed lady or something. <laughs> and, yeah. and he did it for a very long time. And so uh, she kind of boosted my ego a little bit, like a young Ben Franklin. Yeah. Oh no, there's awesome. there is power in being able to write anonymously. Yeah. Um, and it allows people also to focus on ideas. It's inter- I think some authors have done this, but it would be cool to really see how many people have done this. Looking historically, is say an author hits it big, like a Stephen King. And then Stephen King writes another book, but he doesn't put it out under the byline Stephen King. He already did. Yeah. Like Frisco Riverstone. Yeah. I think there's something like that. I yeah. Think he has a, a pseudo name or whatever. Yeah. And that's the, uh, I think that's liberating in a way. It's like, okay, do people actually like this or do they just like the reputation that I've sure. already dealt with by, yeah. from my former work? And they're, you know, you prove yourself. And, but it can be bad too. I mean, then you've got people coming up with fake names and getting on in, in uh, well, social media. Well, I was going to say there's the other end of that where you can hide behind. I can say whatever I want, right? Because I can hide behind the pseudonym of a name, and no one will ever know. Who well, I it kind of reveals. It goes to the point I've been making about technology and music. It doesn't have to be as thoughtful. It's more the technology allows us to just react. It's emotions. Right. It's instinct. It's not necessarily deep, thoughtful discussion. It can be both. It's, like Bowie said, exhilarating and terrifying. Yeah. But, you know, you can get on the internet. Don't let the internet get on you. The battlefield is for your mind and the prize is your soul. We've all seen The Matrix. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) 